On today's show, the Mavericks played two games. What have we learned in those two games? We'll talk about the rotation, talk about the offense. And the home opener coming up tomorrow. Ooh, let's go. So excited about that. We'll talk about that all in today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. It's time to talk about what we learned today. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor, and writer at Mavs.com. The Monday man, the one we're thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Mavericks are one and one, and uh, I'm not. I'm not even gonna acknowledge that. Um, Nick, ha- okay, I will. Nick I was has gonna a say bing- you have to now that you acknowledge it. <laughs> Nick, Nick has a Bengals hat on, and you know it was it was a cute moment today. Fun little <laughs> moment for the for the Bengals. They've never beaten Lamar. In I his hate whole- how you say it, Bengals. <laughs> um, they've never beaten Lamar before in his career. So True. at some point it needed to happen. And I, I think hoped, Lamar I hope so. Lamar was just like, all right, I think we should just let them win one. Now they 41 to 17. They put it to uh, Baltimore, man. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know, I, I grew up in Cincinnati, so I'm a Bengals fan and uh, Isaac's a diehard Ravens fan. So we go back and forth and we, en- we enjoy going back and forth with each other. Although you did deny my FaceTime request right after the game today. I was in mourning and <laughs> you FaceTimed me and I'm like, I know exactly why you're FaceTiming me. And I'm like, I'm not answering. I was not going to say a single thing. I was just going to stare at you wearing this exact what I'm wearing right now. And then that's when I threw out ideas <laughs> for the pod tonight. <laughs> that and I turned, Nick was like, that no, I turned down. no, no. And then like hours later, text back and said, hey, so we're going to. I think we're going to do one of those ideas. I'm like, well, screw that. I'm not, I'm, I've missed my window of homework. <laughs> Nap time is over with the kids. Oh, I ruined it. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen every single day. Remember, Lockdown Maps is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can watch me with my orange and black right now. Excited about that. We're kind of both orange and black. Halloween week. Let's go. Halloween week. I'm excited about Halloween. Carve some pumpkins today. Oh, that's fun. It was good. Uh, all right, let's get into today's episode. So we are going to talk about the Dallas Mavericks offense. What have we What have we learned so far about the Mavericks? We'll start with that, and then we'll get into the starting lineup, the rotations, things like that that we've learned through two games. It's been two games, so it's of course the caveat of it's too early, but that's basically what we're the game we're going to play today. Um, let's start with this: the Mavericks have shot like very few shots at the rim so far, and have taken a ton of threes, which is not something we expected. From preseason, the Mavericks didn't take a ton of threes in preseason, but they've taken a ton of threes so far. The fourth most threes, I think, on average uh, in the NBA right now. But they're taking very few shots at the rim. Is this something that is going to be a trend, or do we think that this is something that's just an you know it's too early? So it's just been two games, and we don't know enough. Um, I think it's a little too early. I want to see. I want to see a little bit more first before we we classify it as the new Mavs offense, right? Like I want to see what adjustments like will will Jason Kidd roll out against Houston and do the exact same thing, like the exact same start that he did, you know, against Toronto. Like that's what, you know, we've seen 
you know, compared to the Hawks game, we've seen a an, a legitimate shift in rotations and everything. I, I sent out a tweet, you know, Sunday morning, and I said, like, "Hey, for all the criticism that for kids received about the offense, like, and it's warranted. Like, we get it. Yeah. They're working. It's clunky." He does deserve some credit with for the defense looking better and for making that in-game adjustment. And somebody replied, like, well, what, exa- what adjustment did he even make? I mean, besides just letting Luca be Luca. And it's like, <laughs> okay, well, yeah, you let Luca be Luca, but the other four players around Luca matters. And he made a shift in that of the bigs and how, you know, how many bigs he played, you know, together. And we saw so much more spacing and, and step brothers here, so much room for activities. And it's like <laughs> there, there were, so, so that's where I'm so intrigued with like, what, you know, what offense does he come out against Houston with? Does he stick to his guns and say, Hey, well, just if we have to on the fly or let's keep on trying to force this. Is it a KP thing? Is it just trying to get everyone involved? I don't know. Yeah. I think that this, not a lot of shots at the rim situation for the Mavericks, and they're 28th in the NBA in shots at the rim so far, which is very close to last, like like really close, and really far away from, like I think it's 23 a game, yeah, 23.0 shots at the rim a game, and the highest is like 36. So it's just like an insane number of of shots at the rim the Mavericks are kind of giving up, or that the, the Mavericks are leaving on the table, it seems like. And I think it's a, a, a symptom of this lack of spacing what we've been talking about over the last couple of days after the, the first game and then especially, you know, definitely after the, the Hawks game and then after the Raptors game a little bit too, where the Mavericks, although they are taking threes, they're taking a bunch of threes. There are a lot of them are contested. And so now you have, you know, and the way that it's set up with the multiple bigs and things like that, you have guys drive to the rim. And then there's somebody else there because somebody else's defender has gotten off of that player. And then they've they've now double teamed. <laughs> they've now double teamed the the driver. And so I think that that number is a symptom of this lack of spacing. And so it is going to be interesting to see what kid does in the future. We saw that adjustment and that change in the Raptors game. And I think that helped that guys are able to get to the rim a little bit more freely. We saw a bunch of Luca like drives and finishes at the rim, the reverse layup stuff that he was doing. I think he got a couple of those off and I think it's all just a symptom of this spacing issue. Yeah. I just did some quick, uh, quick look up on, uh, on synergy here. So this season so far, just two, two games. Yeah, guys, two I get games. it. Okay. I get the two these games. Two, we should just say these two games uh, instead my, of this season. My my lord. It's like the amount of people who just like will tweet or DM, hey, it's only been two games. It's like, okay, well, we freaking talk about the Mavs every day, so we got to oh, talk about something, right? The head coach did that to us. <laughs> the head coach did that <laughs> hey, to me like two days ago. I'm sorry, Nick, that you thought it should play more. <laughs> so uh I but, apologize that you felt that he should have played more. By the way, if you missed that, Jason Kidd kind of clapped back at me. We put it in the episode over the weekend, and we also had our post-game pod from the Raptors over the weekend, so go listen to that on or watch it on YouTube. Um, but here's the stat that going along with your round-the-basket like um, percentages here. So this season so far, two games on Synergy. <laughs> they have a below-average rating, which is not very good, shooting at 48% around the basket. Last year, <laughs> last year, Excellent for, rating. For a full season, yeah. Yeah, for a full season. Excellent rating, 61% around the basket. They were second in the league in shots around the basket. Obviously, it's a full season compared to two games this season, but that's the, like, last year there was space for days. Like, that opens up the lane. It's not It's not just, I think some people think, like, oh, okay, the space just allows you to find the open three every time. That Cool, That that's great. But it's, how many of those, like, look at look at the second half of the fourth quarter of the Raptors game. I re- rewatched the whole second half on Sunday, and I was like, my Lord, like, what? 
how do you look at this and go away from it? <laughs> like, because there's just so much space, and Luca had yeah. multiple layups, and so when he different. didn't have a layup, Maxi had a three, Tim had a three, and you know when KP was out there, he was on the perimeter more instead of inside, but it just opens up everything. Therefore, like they're around the basket numbers, your percentages go up. The other thing from this is, you know, the Mavericks not taking a ton of shots at the rim and not being efficient at the rim in those shots they're taking either that, that Isaac just mentioned is that everyone outside of Tim Hardaway Jr. and Brunson have just sucked from three, like just absolutely mm. been awful, including Luca. Uh, but, but KP, everybody basically has just been terrible from three KP Dorian and Maxi actually Dorian one KP two Maxi three have missed the most wide open threes in that order. Uh, Dorian has missed a bunch of open threes. He's not been great from three for these first two games. And so I wonder if those they're missing those threes, they're open threes, but they're missing those threes. Then all of a sudden defenders don't, don't think that they have to you know guard them out at the perimeter. It leads to the lack of spacing. And so that's where you get this contradiction of, okay, you have a ton of, of threes being taken, but you also don't have space. And then you're also not taking shots at the rim. It just seems like this oxymoron of a situation after these two games. Yeah. And even, <clears throat> you know, they are just, I, I know some people threw out there, it's like, hey, you know, um, kid after the Hawks game said, hey, we, you know, we like some of our shots, we just didn't make them. And I know some people were like, oh, you know, is it really just that? Is that like kind of the, you know, the more confident league? Yeah, it's more of the confident way of taking a loss. But there is a, a little bit of like truth to that in the sense of you look at unguarded shots, according to Synergy, unguarded shots over these first two games, they're below average in that 25th in the league at 30%. 30% at unguarded catch and shoot shots. That's bad. Like, that's going to correct itself, right? I mean, For like sure. you you hope that that does correct itself. Absolutely. All right, coming up, let's get into some more questions, some more thoughts about the offense. What have we learned? There's one thing we thought going into the season specifically, we were going to see a lot more of that two games in, we have not seen barely at all. And so we'll Reggie talk about Bullock? that. <laughs> we, we've already talked about him but yeah we'll talk about that coming up but before we do let me tell you about a brand new way to play daily fantasy and it's made super easy it's called prize picks it is the best nba daily fantasy prop game on the market prize picks offers more nba props than any other daily fantasy prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as the reggie bullocks of the world the bench players the ones that maybe aren't getting as much play as you think that they should uh, and then eventually have to apologize to the head coach about I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. You can pick Reggie Bullock in prize picks on certain given nights. Prize picks, you basically pick a prop. So let's say it's Reggie Bullock points. Let's say it's 10. You pick an over-under, say, all right, under 10 points because Jason Kidd's not playing him. Okay, do that. Combine that with Luca points over-under. It's, maybe it's 25 some night, and you're like, oh, he's definitely getting more than 25 points. Pick that over. Prize picks will give you the, uh, the odds for that, and then all of a sudden you can – you can win even more money. There's multipliers, all kinds of good stuff with prize picks. Just go check it out. Just go sign in, create an account, and then go try some stuff. Right now, if you deposit $100 and you use the promo code NBA, they will match that $100 100%. They will give you another $100 to use. Prize picks. Use the promo code NBA. PrizePicks.com is daily fantasy made easy. Also, Something that's not easy is finding a way to watch the Mavericks this year. I'm seeing Reddit threads, and I'm seeing people tweeting every single day, how can I watch this Mavericks team? Their, their Bally Sports is not on a – Bally Sports is on direct TV stream. 
DirecTV Stream brings all your TV together, whether you're watching sports highlights, whether you're watching TV, whether you got a, a show that you're watching, uh, you want to watch you want to watch Dune maybe, you can watch all that kind of stuff. There's no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com for DirecTV Stream. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into another question. What have we learned about this offense so far? Post-ups. We've heard, we heard so much about, we're going to post up more. You know, KP's going to get the ball in spots that is benefit that are beneficial for him. We heard about post-ups. The Mavericks so far, two games this season, have run 14 total post-ups. <laughs> and KP has only gotten two of them. Two so far in two games. They are th- That is not the way they're trying to get him shots right now. Uh, and... They're, the Mavericks are middle of the pack. The Sixers and Heat are both averaging like over 20 a game, uh, something like that. So it's not like the Mavericks are doing that a lot. Dorian has m- more post-ups right now than Porzingis, and it just just happened in that Hawks game where he got three <laughs> um, because they were trying to attack uh, Trey Young. And so that's a number that, that we've been thinking about a lot. Are they going to try to force KP and feed him in the post and things like that? And they haven't so far. It seems like more of his shots, at least in two games, are coming from face-up and from catch-and-shoot stuff. Yeah, Mavericks, uh, like you said, middle of the pack, basically, post-up-wise, 23% um, field goal percentage out of a post-up. Not the best. Not good uh, at all. <laughs> not not very good. And four players have attempted a post-up possession for the Mavericks. KP, yeah. Luka, Dorian Finney-Smith, and... Bronson. Bronson. Jalen Bronson. Good job. Uh, another area that the Mavericks are struggling in after two games, transition. Um, according to Synergy... They are last in the in the league uh, <laughs> as far as points per possession and transition. Uh, not very good so far. And once again, it's two games. Let's see. A lot of this stuff could correct itself when you play, For you sure. know, Houston team uh, that we all assume is probably going to be in the bottom league. All although. Jalen Green looks like a blast. <laughs> it looks for like Houston, a lot of fun. Yeah. The yeah. And then, um, you know, obviously San Antonio this week. So if those are like easier wins, then a lot of these stats are going to uh, go up, hopefully. Yeah, right. It's a lot of the stuff. That's why I'm not looking at like lineup data and things like that. Those numbers are just can, so like. Can I give you one lineup? Thing yeah, give me a, yeah, give me one. Just for the fun of it. Two games, obviously. Um, the Mavs starting unit. <laughs> okay, I have I have this a little bit later, but I'm not looking at like this this specific lineup with these players because some of them it's only like 10 possessions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Five-man units for the Mavs. The second, the second highest one only has nine minutes played. So there's one clear five-man unit for the Mavericks. Yeah. Their starting unit <laughs> uh, that has played 24 minutes together. the The second one has played nine minutes. So this one's the the clear cut lineup here. Are you ready for the net rating? It's bad. I know it's bad. <laughs> Minus thirty two point nine. That's not good. That's that's <laughs> that means they're thirty two point nine points per hundred possessions worse. If they played an entire game, essentially, they would lose by thirty three. Offensive rating <laughs> for in those twenty four minutes seventy nine point six. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's small sample size theater here. We we know this. We've we've prefaced this. But a basically, lot of- means that they were awful offensively in two games, uh, which yeah. which we all know basically. 
but yeah, so the, the post-ups and the transition, I think, are both interesting things where we thought in the half court we would see more of these post-ups, and we haven't seen them at all so far. Not even something that, that was designed, basically, by Jason Kidd. So do we think the post-ups in the preseason was that a was that a red herring? Like are we is that a red Chris Herring that we're just trying that we thought was gonna be a thing and then all of a sudden it's not? Like the classic Josh Game Richardson. of Thrones, like misdirection. They're just they're not doing it now. I don't know. I, I think there's I think it's something that we could see early in games. I think it could be something matchup dependent, right? Like, I mean, we, we got two back to back Dorian possessions because Trey Young was on him. And, you know, against Houston, let's just say they put somebody small. Like, that's where I think teams are going to try to kind of like psych them out a little bit to where let's just say they roll out um, Daniel House on KP. Is that going to make. Like I could totally see Dallas saying, "Daniel House on KP, go to the block. Let's go. Let's do this." Like I think it's going to be matchup dependent, and I think teams will see the Trey Trey Young Dorian thing and say, "All right, well we'll we'll just throw Dallas off and say, all right, they'll think they'll have a mismatch and just like let's dare them to go to the post." Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll be interesting to see. We just haven't we haven't seen a lot of those, and I found that really interesting. To your point about transition. The Maverick, this the Mavericks efficiency in transition with with two games still goes back to multiple ball handlers. They only have like yeah. one. They only have one on the court most of the time. We have seen something interesting. We'll talk about lineups and rotations in a minute. We've seen Luca and Brunson play together at times, which I think has been some of their best some of their best play and offensive play has been with both those guys on the floor at the same time, which again proves the point that everyone has made us included Cuban included. Like everyone has made the Mavericks need another ball handler, somebody, somebody else that can just drive and dribble and and do stuff basically. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I feel like Brunson hasn't looked, you know, too bad in these first two first game. He looked first game. He looked great. And uh, I thought he had some moments there in the second game against Toronto. And you look at, you know, once again, lineup data here, net rating stuff is kind of <laughs> skewed after two games. But like him and Brunson, a lot of the two man lineups are all, you know, all negative. <laughs> and but you look at Brunson, like Luca and Brunson together, 31 minutes so far, minus four. That's, Compared, a, that's a better negative than some of the other negative 50s. And <laughs> yeah, well, you look at Luca and KP together, 44 minutes, minus 33. So, you know, I'm. Obviously, it has a lot. Net rating is not the you know end all tell all stat, but it just it does show you that Luca and Brunson together. There is something intriguing about them together, but it's also something yeah. intriguing about take you know take Brunson's name out of it. If you put another creator in there of what kind of Luca can look like, this is going to be interesting when we're talking about closing lineups because we've talked about well the closing lineup should be something of Luca, Tim, the two wings, and Dorian and, and Bullock, and then KP. And maybe it's more Brunson than it is going to be anybody else because he's the only other guy that can create. And so maybe yeah. it's him that's getting more minutes than either of those wings or, you know, Tim even. Yeah, I think it's going to be matchup dependent. If they need somebody out 100%. there a little bit bigger that can guard some of these guys, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, so so we talked about post-ups, talked about transition. We've talked about the offense. Let's get into a little bit of this, this lineups and, and the starting lineup and the rotation. So we, we talked some matchup data about the starting lineup. Uh, the first game against Atlanta, they had a 62.5 offensive rating. That starting lineup. Let's go. Just like that's that's to- that's toilet. Like that's just terrible, awful. Like there's just n- it was a terrible, awful game. Um, both games though, they had a they had exactly a 112.5 defensive rating, which is actually a little bit which which is still not good, but it's also 
It's not terrible. What do we th- what do we thought about this starting lineup so far? I mean, we've just yeah, you know, we've been very open about like <laughs> we we think Reggie should be starting over Dwight. Um and and I even want to say this too. You know, I, I think I, I seen some Mavs, which I, I think it's important to keep in context. Mavs Twitter is a small portion of the fan base, but it's I've seen some some people respond. It's like even like your question about Reggie Bullock, like why yeah. do we even like why why do we even care so much about Reggie Bullock? Who do we think he is and all this stuff? I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> that was their biggest signing of the offseason. He is a top five player as far as average salary on the team. Uh so it's like that, you know, we took this offensive system last year that had all this space alongside Luca and said, all right, if they could upgrade or add some depth along the wing. it's like, they went out and did that with Reggie Bullock, Sterling Brown. We were all kind of excited about that. It's like, Hey, these like upgrades on the wing there. And then they're not playing as much. So because they want to go big. So it, it is something worthy of like digging into. Like I, th- I read Tim Cato's uh, athletic piece after game one. And he even had it as a note on there. It's like Reggie Bullock. He was even confused. Like why Reggie Bullock what, only played 15 minutes in game one. So it's like, it is a conversation worth having. Not saying that if Reggie plays 30 minutes that, you know, this whole thing is, yeah. you know, is changing, but there's, there's just a difference whenever you like, you go back to that, you go back to the Toronto game. You have all this, you know, it looks clunky in the first half. They go to the second, you know, that second half, third quarter, they're down. And, but they make this run, right? And, and KP and Dwight's out there for the run. They, they click, it, they shift a little bit of things. They start bringing Dwight up higher. The, the screens are higher up, you know, earlier in the possession there. It gives them way more space. KP's more spread out on the wing compared to rolling to the basket. <laughs> There's a possession in the first half to which Dwight and KP both r- roll to the rim. And and Dwight, I mean, and Luca is like driving. And it's like, what is happening? And right. uh, if somebody sees a screen, you know, a screenshot of that, send it to me. I, I haven't seen it. So, <laughs> but it reaches a you point though. Those. After they make the run, they go, they take the lead, and then they take them out. And instead of putting Willie and Brunson in, Jason Kidd puts Maxi and Brunson. And from that point on in the third quarter, we never see KP and Dwight together again. And it's just this. It's like one big out there, one of either Dwight or KP, but then it's like Maxi by himself at times, and then he Maxi's playing with Dwight, then Maxi's playing with KP. That's the adjustment kid made that opened up more of the offense, and that that's where he deserves a little credit for that. To go back to the lineup that worked last year with <laughs> with spacing, right? Like it's, it's something where you go, do you give him credit for adjusting, uh, trying to change something that you know worked last year, and like. He all right. I broke something, and then I fixed it. Okay, do you get credit for fixing it, or you know what I mean? So, coming up, let's get into more about the rotation and more about this, this starting lineup. What what is what is a, what about this starting lineup makes it not work offensively so far? And what have we seen uh, that we can prove basically that this is why it, it's it's failing? And what 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 would we like to see that's different? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's not a candy bar. It's a protein bar. I just want to make that very clear that it is a protein bar and just like on their website, 100% real chocolate, 100% delicious. Totally agree with that. They are. Right now, Coconut Marshmallow Puff is a new bar that's out right now. They have Blueberry Muffin available to the public. We got we got those in the mail. Yep. I enjoyed that one. Rocky Road still available. So many other stuff. The Mint Brownie, though, that's the solid always going to give you. Uh, this is the 20 and 10 bar, basically, right? Like, it's not blowing you out of the water with some stats. This is like the Zach Randolph 20 and 10 every single night. 
130 calories, 17 grams of protein, four grams of sugar. That is a bar that I call the Zebo, which is the Mavs legend, Zach Randolph. Go get it. You can order it at built.com right now. You can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off. And right now, they're doing all built boost, just five bucks. Built boost is basically like a crystal light you can put into your um you can put into your water and it'll give you an extra boost for your immunity and all that for your immune system and all that kind of stuff. Gives you energy and help for your immune system. So go check it out. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. Also, I want to tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible for your chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need for your car or truck. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? Do you know exactly the year? Do you know exactly all this? Maybe you don't know that off the top of your head and maybe you need a second to go back and check it out. You can go and take your time on rockauto.com or if you know it real quick and you don't wanna wait for somebody to get to the counter and do all that stuff, you can just look it up yourself at rockauto.com. You can save time and money when using it. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are always reliably low and the same for every single customer. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on. And there, how did you hear about us, Box? They know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into this starting lineup. We, we've been talking about it. We, we had question. It was questionable when it came into the season. So far, it has not been that good. The Mavericks have gotten off to some bad starts the first two games. Uh, the offense, what doesn't work about it? And it, it goes back to that play you mentioned in in the Raptors game where both Dwight and KP both rolled at the same time, right? And and when the Mavericks offense is working and the, the Jason Kidd's like, all right, we don't want KP to just stand in the corner. We want KP to be a focal point of the offense to actually you know be part of this. And then he's like, all right, I'm also going to put Dwight Powell in. And Dwight Powell, the only thing he can do on offense at this point is to pick and roll. So he has to which be a he's fo- one of the best in the league at. Which he's, he's one of the best at. in the league at. He's great at. He he's 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 elite at for sure. But that's kind of he's very limited on offense to just that, um, which is why he's had a you know such a long NBA career so far is that he can do that one thing very well. But that one thing. him being able to do that one thing contradicts what they want to do with KP. They're like, all right, we want to make you part of the offense. But also, we're going to put this guy in, Dwight Powell, that has to do this one thing every single possession, it seems like, in in screen and roll, and then it just leaves KP out of it. So then there's possessions where KP wants to get involved and tries to roll at the same time as Dwight when they do a double drag screen or something like that, and they get their wires crossed, and then all of a sudden it just creates the lack of space and all that. Uh, Can they continue to have both things? Can they continue to have Dwight as a focal point and and actually just be part of the starting lineup and also make it Chris Porzingis a focal point of the offense. That's that's the thing about it. It's not just throwing two bigs out there and Dwight and KP. It it's what do they want to prioritize? Because you can make the start because I think some person could just look at me like, hey, this starting unit can never work. It's like, no, 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 no. It's not about it can never work because if they want to run this high screen with, with Dwight and then they want to put KP in the corner or they want to put KP on the wing and keep the space, then it can work, right? Like that, that's what, that's what made, made it work. Like you look in the, in the fourth quarter when they're running Maxi and Dwight out there, they're putting Maxi in the corner, they're putting Maxi in the wing. Then you have Tim on the other wing, you have Dorian in the other corner. It's like, then it's open up all the stuff. But when you're committing to, and in a way, like I, I get it almost to an extent if you're like, I'm not even want to put all the blame on kid for like wanting to try to get KB because if you're Jason kid and you're walking into this offense and you see your second star player 
make thirty, a $30 million, million dollar player. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And KP, who was very frustrated at the end of last season, you know what you're probably going to do? Like you're going to want to try to get him more involved, get his like more, get the morale back up, get his confidence going. Yep. So it might take some games here. It might take. It's gonna. It could look clunky, but this is the time to play around with it and see what works and what doesn't. It just whenever you are trying to get KP the ball, whether it's post ups, mid range, at the elbow, all that stuff, and Dwight's on the floor. It just gets really, really clunky because you still have, you know, the top five player in the league and Luka Doncic trying to run the show. So it's just what do you want to prioritize and how long are you willing to play around with it? And that's why the two bigs won't work. It's not just that those two guys can't work together at all, right? Because we've seen it kind of work before. And we also in the saw third it quarter. In the third quarter of that Raptors game, we saw it actually work. But it you have to you get one or the other. You get Dwight rolling and Dwight playing, or you get KP as a focal point of the offense. You can't you really yeah. can't do both because you're not running KP Dwight pick and rolls. And then all of a sudden you just have Dwight like hanging out on the baseline and you're like, okay, well, what you doing, man? <laughs> like, what are you doing hanging out there? Then KP's trying to face up and do his stuff and then all of a sudden Dwight's man is coming over and KP's not a good enough passer off of the dribble to be able to to hit Dwight on those and so that's why it won't work. Um and we also have to see KP be efficient in the post. Like in whatever. Well, we haven't even seen him post up yet. So I, I mean I know. two times. Yeah, we we just have to see like you know there there were a couple possessions in the Toronto game to where you know Gary Trent Jr. blocked him on the post right and then it was like OG and then OG he takes, blocked him yeah and then he takes the frustration you know foul on o, OG and it's like we have to see him I think that's what, especially for Mavs fans that get a little frustrated whenever it, it feels like you know they're going out of the way to make KP work in the post or in mid range because we haven't seen it be very efficient. You know, if he's down there, you know, shooting a little mid range, pulling off a little dirk shots, and there's nothing but net, it's like working, and you're like, oh, that's a bucket. It's kind of a switch up. You run pick and roll with Luca one time, and it's like, all right, you got a little mismatch, throw down to KP. It's it, that's an automatic barbecue chicken. Let's go. But it hasn't <laughs> been barbecue chicken. It's been he's, like he's a seven footer. <laughs> putting him on he's, when he's got a little guy on him, he's got to take him to the post. But, but that's the thing. And so I think that's where I think some of the frustration from Mavs fans is warranted because we just haven't yeah. seen the, you know, KPB super efficient on the, on the block. Yes, for sure. Anything else from this rotation? Let's just go around sort of the team and say, we, we talked about Reggie Bullock already, but let's hit on it right here. Um, Reggie Bullock has not played a lot. <laughs> Reggie Bullock is averaging right now uh, 16 minutes a game right now. He played. He played 15 minutes in one, 17 minutes in the other game. I mean, do you um, want him to play like 24 minutes, or <laughs> do I do I have to go back to it again? Um, yeah, it's a, I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. <laughs> so, but the thing is, he was touted as a as a as a big role player for the team. He was touted as you know this new addition to the team. Everybody needs spacing and 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 wings that can defend, right? And the Mavericks have needed help on the on defense, and he's not playing. He's playing less than than pretty much everybody. You look at Hardaway, 33 minutes. Dorian, 32 minutes a game. Uh, Dwight Powell, 22 minutes a game. And so you're like, okay, there's something that, that that's missing here, and I'm, that was why I was curious why Reggie Bullock didn't play a lot. I thought maybe he was limited with his conditioning or there was an injury we didn't know about or something. I was hoping to find something like that, but instead, uh, apparently that's just the way that they're going. Yeah, well, I mean, more minutes for them is only going to come a, a couple different ways, right? It's like it's either the – start to go a little bit you know more small at times and Dwight's not playing as much or they're they look at Lucas minutes right now which he's averaging what 38 39 minutes a game right now like 37 yeah 
Yeah, I mean, so they look at that. They look at Brunson's and they, you know, try to stagger, you know, those two guys a little bit and then put Reggie out there a little bit more. Maybe, you know, try to put Sterling Brown. What's Dorian averaging right now? Probably 35, 36. Yeah, 32, yeah. So, you know, I just think as long as they're as long as they're committed to playing two bigs a lot that we're probably going to see we're probably not going to see Reggie, you know, break the 20 minute, you know, game mark. We're not probably going to see Sterling Brown play 15 minutes. They're probably going to hover around that 15 to 17 and then, you know, that 10 to 12 mark. Which is to kid's point that he made to me when I asked the question, you can go watch it on YouTube, uh, is that Sterling like <laughs> They're still trying to figure stuff out. It's still early, and that's the thing they have to figure out: is can they continue to play these two bigs, or are they, um, or are they going to play wing heavy? And yeah. uh, and when they play, when they play wing heavy, or we're we're talking about uh, these wings and Sterling Brown and Reggie Bullock not even getting minutes. Like Josh Green is like so far down the depth chart right now, the way the Mavericks are playing. No, he's just not going to get any time like at all, unless it's garbage time again, no. at all. Yeah, and yeah. I want to see, you know, some difference between Rick and Jason Kidd. You know, Rick would run, you know, what, 10, 11 deep at times and get the, you know, get some guys playing time here and there. You know, kids running kind of a tighter rotation. Will that open up some, you know, if obviously if they, you know, blow out Houston and it's uh, yeah. blow out theater in the fourth quarter, we'll, we'll see some guys. <laughs> but right now it looks like it's pretty tight rotation. Yeah, so this is all just interesting stuff we, we think we've learned so far about the rotation, starting lineup, map, shot selection, things like that. Two games really early. I'm sure this Houston game will we'll learn a lot. We'll talk about that tomorrow. But guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Boom.